We started a, a series on the character and person of Peter a couple weeks ago. And we're, we're taking uh, the, the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, but also taking the accounts of Peter in the gospel. And we're just framing some messages around that. So I want to read this to you. 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And then in Matthew 18, 21, it says, Then Peter came up and said to him uh, of Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and are forgive him as many as seven times? And so I want to take these two passages this morning and address the topic of offense and forgiveness this morning. I think it's so important. See, experiences tell us that we're going to get offended. Amen. How many of you got offended today already? How many of you offended somebody today? Okay, thank you for being honest, Stephen. Listen, a lot of times we don't understand how offensive we can be, but it's in our culture, in the, in the sin nature that we encounter in the world. Jesus said this, it's impossible that offenses won't come your way. In Luke 17, impossible that no offenses will come your way. People will say things both deliberately and unintentionally that will be offensive and it should stop being surprising to us we should stop being surprised at offenses why because jesus said they're going to come so we've got to be able to walk through these things and they're part of the fabric of our culture we get offended by very dark and disturbing things wounding things we suffer abuse we suffer rejection and it's because we were created for a relationship and the devil is a relationship killer, it's more often than not that people close to us, the people close to us are more likely to offend or be offended. It's the ones that are close to you where you don't see it coming. In Psalm 55, 12-14, David writes this, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked in the throng. And then Psalm or Proverbs 18:19 says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is more like the bars of a castle. My experience, I'm just going to be blunt today. Frank. I'm Jeff, but I'll be Frank. In, in over 20 years of leadership and leading a church, what I found, even in the, in the church, when two brothers go into business together, look out. It's almost like you paint a target on them because the enemy is a relational killer. I'm serious. I, I wish I could say I've seen it work half the time. I wish I could say I've seen it work 70% of the time. I don't know that I've seen it work anytime. There's something, and I have some, I have some you know, things I, I understand about how that works, but it's because the devil wants to break relationships. He wants, he's attacking your marriage. He's attacking, I mean, it's crazy. He never, never lets up. And, and a lot of this stuff, listen, it's real events. And despite that, we still need a way to release or it has the capacity to haunt us and keep us captive. 
And then we also have the capacity to be offended by simple, silly stuff. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah. By a non-look. Or a look. Or somebody didn't notice me. Or somebody you know, got more attention than I did. Or somebody getting recognition. And we would be shocked to learn some of the things that are offensive in our culture. So for example, let's look at foreign travel. Foreign travel. You think, hey, I'm just going to go to... I remember when I, you know, the first time I had a chance to go on a mission trip, I'm going to Hong Kong, and then I'm, I'm going to the Philippines, and this is going to be great. And then they sat down with us and said, these are some things that are offensive. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm going to spread the gospel of Jesus. I just want to love people. No, these are offensive. And so, uh, let, let me just cover a couple of things. For example, in Australia or New Zealand, you can call a cab, but it's considered snobby if you sit in the back seat. You need to sit in the front seat because there's this equality thing. Okay, um, tipping. Tipping is not expected in Europe, and in fact in Japan, many places would be considered an insult for you to tip. But you didn't know, how many of you didn't know that? See, you would be offensive, <laughs> right? Without even knowing it, we can offend. Okay, the peace sign. Peace out. It's considered vulgar in the United Kingdom, in Ireland, in Australia, in New Zealand. That's why our, our own Keanu from Australia, you know, he's like, like this. I asked him if I did that the first service, it offended me, and he said no. Showing the sole of your foot, the bottom of your foot in the Middle East or in the Philippines is considered offensive. Crossing your fingers, good luck, is considered vulgar in Vietnam. Touching someone's head in China is considered insult. I just saw that. You just offended somebody in China. Okay, how about this? Thumbs up. It's negative in nine different countries. It's negative in nine different countries. It's crazy. Okay, giving the okay sign. In Germany or Brazil is a no-no. Why? Because you just called them a blunt hole. <laughs> I thought you were doing good. Hey, okay. It's like, whoa, he just offended me. It's amazing. Or how about offensive phrases? Okay, how about the peanut gallery? You know, the peanut gallery was actually a segregation term where they would um, make the poor black people in theaters sit in a certain spot, and it was called the peanut gallery. Or the word gyp. I got, I got gyp. That would actually be a racial slur for the Rome, Romani or the Roma people. Or how about basket case? Man, I just felt like a basket case today. You know, in World War I, that was used for quadriplegics that, that couldn't transport, and they would put them in a basket. It's a basket case. That's where it came from. Or how about the rule of thumb? Rule of thumb is... The rule of thumb in the 16th century, a man, a husband was allowed to beat his wife with a stick as long as he used the stick and it was no wider than his thumb. Rule of thumb. Isn't that crazy? Or the word Eskimo. 
was described for a native people that ate raw meat when the correct term should be Inuit. <laughs> you know, or, or how about this one? No can do? How many of you use that? No can do? That was actually a derogatory term in the 1800s used for Chinese immigrants that were speaking pidgin English. Isn't that crazy? You just Google offensive sayings and you'll be blown away how offensive we can be and how offended we can be. I mean, list 21 things you need not to say. And I'm looking, I'm going, I'm saying half of these things. I had no idea. See, a lot of times we have no idea that we're being offensive. We're just like, you know, we're just doing what we do, right? And part of it is because there's this fabric, this culture, this sin nature in our culture that basically you have, it's just we have the capacity to offend and we have got the capacity to be offended. And it's one of the main tools of the enemy. So what's the point? No one does not offend or get offended at some point in time. Unmet expectations, for example, always lead to disappointment. And disappointment can leave a lot of soft tissue damage. If you don't take care of that disappointment quickly, it can turn you into being in an offended state. And, and being in an offended state is interesting because you kind of get deceived and you kind of get blinded and it's kind of like intoxicating in a little way. It's addictive. Because what it does is it keeps you in captivity, but it also keeps somebody else in captivity. It's like, if I'm offended with my sister, then I'm in control. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's an aspect of control. Because how many of you love it when somebody is offended with you? No. There's, there's some changes in that relationship. And so, Jesus, it would have been nice if He said, hey, once you become a believer, young man, you'll never be offended again. But even Jesus said that He was offensive, scandal on, tripping. See, Peter is so gracious in his epistle, we read that first Peter, but I can't help think that when writing this, his mind went back to this discourse and teaching from Jesus in the book of Matthew. Can I say this love is the antidote for offense and forgiveness is how it's released. Love is the antidote. Love covers a multitude of sin, but it's forgiveness. It's the act of forgiveness is how that is released. An offense is an injustice. It's unfair. And our lean right away is to react. It's to defend. It's to level the playing field. We just, that's, that's where we go. Stephen Furtick wrote this. He said, offense is the event. Offended is the decision. See, there's not much you can do about offensive people and you being offensive because like we just read stuff. You guys had no idea how bad you were. But you can do something about making the decision and living a life that's not being offended. Some people, they live life in this perpetual offended state. So here's Peter again. Jesus has just unpacked this amazing teaching this amazing parable and, and, and regarding how to deal with sin and how to deal with someone that's done you wrong in Matthew 18. Let's unpack it a little bit. 18.15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. 
Can you say alone with me? Alone. Alone. Well, I don't like to be alone. I like to have company. Well, that's a problem. When you got offended or when you were the recipient of sin, you basically didn't go alone. You decided that you were, it's a private party that you don't make public. You got to deal with this stuff. But then verse 16 says, if he does not listen, in fact, let me go back to 15. Uh, go and tell him his fault, which is always really fun. Right? Hey, brother, I have this against you. Said no, I mean, nobody loves to do that. If they do love to do that, I have an issue with their heart. You know, I actually have kind of an issue with people that are always contentious. You know why? Because it means something in them wants to win all the time. But he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. You've restored some relationship that the enemy has tried to basically tear apart. But verse 16 says, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. That is not a fun thing to do. That every charge might be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. That's like Old Testament law principle. Let it be established in the mouth of two or three. So now it goes to community. Because he won't listen. She won't listen to me. I'm going to community. And then in verse 17, if it refuses, listen to them and tell it to the church, which is a whole nother level. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, then let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So now verse 17 really speaks to me. It's now in family. It's on a bigger level. It's next level because in any healthy family, there's accountability and consequences. And Jesus is saying that now they're an outsider. And then that's hard. It's like, well, wait a minute. But then I go, how did Jesus treat tax collectors and Gentiles? He reached out to them. He, he, he prayed. I mean, he cared for them. He had a heart for them. So now Peter, after hearing this, he's heard this thing unpacked. Now he tries to impress Jesus again. You remember last week we talked about how Peter tried to impress Jesus? In the garden where he pulled out his sword and cut the ear off of Malchus, the high priest's servant. Okay, so here he is trying to, and that's why I love Peter, because he's so much like us. You know, all right, Jesus, so he goes to him and he goes, okay, how about I forgive seven times, man? Isn't that good? Hey, isn't that good? I, seven times, man. I just like up the ante. Woohoo! Because Jewish culture, four times. Four times. Fourth time, you're toast. So he goes, I got this teaching, Jesus. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love my answer. How about seven times? And Jesus said, man, you don't get it. How about 70 times seven? So we, we look at this, and Jesus answered this. And, and what I get out of this is forgiveness is not a one-time event. It's a continuous process. As long as we live on this earth where sin has affected everything, it is a continuous process. You have to make this part of your every day. What do you do every day that keeps you healthy? Do you brush your teeth? Hopefully you do. Do you floss? You know what I'm saying? Do you, you do stuff every day and it becomes a habit. Extending forgiveness 
has got to be something that becomes a habit because Jesus said it's impossible that somebody's not going to like, you know, get irritated with you, going to step on your toes, going to not look at you. It's impossible. And if Jesus said it's impossible, I believe it. So that means He also gives me tools to walk through it when I encounter it. Peter addresses Jesus and thinks he's being gracious by doubling up. And this is hyperbole. It wasn't 490 times. Because there's people that will take that to the bank. I got my little pad. 409. 410. And what he was saying is you can't live a life, you can't live a life that holds grudges. You got to release some stuff. You've been given a new nature as a believer, and that new nature is one that forgiveness should flow out of you like rivers. At least 490 rivers of forgiveness should be flowing out of you on a consistent basis because that's what we even see modeled by Jesus. He is constantly seated at the right hand of the Father, giving intercession, covering us. Forgiving us. Jesus said offenses will come your way. So you have to make a decision on what kind of a life do you want to live. The Old Testament definitions of forgiveness speak of to pass over, covering, cleaning or repairing. Sometimes even just like having the courage to address a brother that is in sin or let a brother, you know, we're always good. Oh, I'm going to address my, what about your stuff? How about you check the, you know, the log in your own eye first. And, and, and Jesus, even in that passage, He's not saying that you don't do it. He's saying check your motives and check the filter that you're looking through so that you have you know, a clear uh, vision to be able to address this in the right way. Atonement is made. New, des- New Testament definitions. Uh, the word uh, charismai means to deal graciously with. Man, what, what, it would be so amazing if we just deal graciously with each other. Just everything is just gracious. You can be kind, you can be gracious, and you can be direct. They're not, they're not you know, they're, they, they all can work together. And the other word, aphemi, means to send away or to loose. Holding on to offense is a terrible sentence because you hold two people captive, you and the person you're offended with. And a a church built with the wisdom of God understands there's a clear strategy of the enemy. The essence of evil is the division of God and man, of family, of culture, and it penetrates the church. Harmony and unity are two of the greatest blessings of the kingdom of God, and they're under consistent attack. Division is the goal of the enemy, and every battle has particular armaments. You know, you don't show up to a knife fight or a gunfight with a knife, right? Every battle has different armaments. And I'm telling you what, when we look at this, division is the goal, and offense is the weapon of choice. Offense has led nations to be at war with nations, families to be at war with families. Man, how about the Hatfields and the McCoys? And I'm sure if we like, probably we're honest here, we probably, there's maybe a few of us that have some of that stuff going on. Can I get an amen? Amen. Marriages are destroyed. Churches split. Okay, so let me ask you this. How many of you 
have sinned today or expect to. Okay? Cool? How many of you got offended today already? Come on. We get offended by inanimate objects. I'm serious. I opened the trunk of my car today and I hit my head and I'm like, oh, this car. Who made this car? Come on. It's like that car is not responsible for what I just did, but what am I? I'm offended with the car. I mean, how have you ever done that? Come on. It's easy for us, hasn't it? It's easy. We're just like, oh, we can be so easily offended. I had this old elder in our church that I was growing up spiritually in, and he was like, he's like old. I mean, old, old, like get off the, the ark old. And he came up to him. His name's Wilbur. I love Wilbur. If Wilbur's listening, God, I love you so much, Wilbur. And, and he would look right at me. I'm a young guy, and he goes, oh, you can't offend me. And I'm like, in my flesh, I'm going, hmm, give me a shot. (laughs) And I said, well, why? He said, because I will not be offended. And I'm telling you what, in years and years of knowing that man, I cannot think of one instance where I saw him offended. Because he just decided, I'm going to live a life that's different. We can't give forgiveness what we haven't received. And that's probably the thing that hits me the most, with the most depth, is realizing what God has forgiven me of. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.7-8 says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, and yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get out of your mess, clean up your mess. He basically said, hey, wherever you are, I am coming and I am going to extend my life and give my life so that there can be forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. We've all received it and not one of us deserved it. And so forgiveness should flow through us like rivers. It should be part of the habit. It should be part of the, this is who I'm going to be. And we can't decide. We can't decide that we're just going to shut off the flow. Ephesians 4.32, it says, and be kind to one another. Realize that Paul's writing this to a church. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay, Lord. I don't want to forgive them. It was too hurtful. It was too dark. It was too abusive. Listen, we're not saying that you have to establish relationship back with somebody. There's guardrails that can go up. But you have to release them in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your heart. You have to say, God, I just, I give them to you. I can't fix this. And, and then there's a super scary passage in the Bible. It's one that actually makes me fear the Lord maybe the most. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? It, it, we find it in Matthew 18, 32-35, where Jesus is telling this parable. And He said, Then His Master, after He called Him and said to Him, You wicked servant, 
I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to them. And then he says this, this is a scary one. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I can't, I can't afford not to forgive. We don't have the option of holding on to offense and finding ourselves offended because it causes us to view life and people through an incredibly toxic filter. And when we hold offense, we lose the value of people in our minds. I want to try to illustrate something to you. I need somebody that has a crisp, great $20 bill, $50 bill. Maybe if it's a $100 bill, you might not get it back. But anyway... Somebody, I, I, need some, I need some help. Somebody's got it. I mean, it looks good. It's, it's crisp. It's new. Come on, somebody. Y'all gave it to the missionary already. Okay, thank you. Okay, fresh off the press, $20 bill. This is good. This looks good. How many of you love to have this kind of thing? Okay, now here, here, here's what it's like. Okay, check this out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Bam. Bam! Kick that! Right? Now, the brother that gave, to, that gave me this 20, is this worth anything less than when you gave it to me? It's worth the same. It's, it's crumpled and it's dirty and it's trashed, but it still has value. And that's the filter that we have when we, when we hold offenses, what happens is it changes the way that we look at the person. It changes the value that we have at that person. But it's not the value. God doesn't reduce the value of them just because they, they're operating in a way that's hurtful. And then we try our best to make it look this is what religion does tries its best to try to restore it it's like no still still gonna have some wrinkles still gonna have some tears it's still gonna have some stuff a man does it still holds the value to God it's value to God or what happens is you pick up an offense on behalf of someone else and then you're carrying it and you're carrying something that you were never designed or created to carry we weren't created to carry offense we're created to learn how to walk through it how to navigate through it how to realize there's grace how to realize there's a river Jesus forgave me I'm gonna forgive yeah, sometimes I have to put up some boundaries and I have to be, be because I won't, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but I got to hold something different in my heart and my thoughts and my, and my mind. So, so how do we move forward? How do we do this when we, when we've been slighted, when we feel like we've been treated unjustly, or even when we realize that we've treated somebody unjustly? Jesus said, you know, if you come to the altar with your offering and realize your brother's got something against you, you need to go to him. It's relationship, and it's the only thing that we take with us into eternity. 
You're not going to take the house. You're not going to take the boat and the car. You're not going to take the guitar. You're not going to take whatever. You're going to take relationship. So how do we move forward? Number one, the forgiven must forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another. Oh my goodness. That means we've got to, bro, i got to bear with you. Because you're a bear to bear with. Listen, some people just aren't easy. Some of you aren't easy to get along with. Come on, can I just get some honesty here? Sometimes we can just be like, thank you, a couple of you. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has to complain against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. The second point is don't be easily offended. Man, we just get, oh. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger. Wow. And, this is cool, it's His glory to overlook an offense. It's glory to overlook it. Glory to overlook it. Ah. Ah. I know. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was unintentional. I don't know, but still value. I'm going to keep my eye on the value. you got to live a life of grace. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Should be no party. Should be no offended party. You find yourself in an offended party of people, something is absolutely out of order. Something needs to be dealt with. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates. Close friends, here's how we do it. You really offended me. I know you did. You're offending me right now because you're sleeping while I'm preaching. Just kidding. I love Mickey. She's one of our girls. But instead of going to her, I'll go to, I'll go to Severn. I'm like, did you see her sleeping while I was preaching, bro? I'm not sure. Or here's what we do. We have an offense and we go, I just, I just, brother, would you pray with me? Because, uh, well, I don't really like to talk about this. I hear that crap all the time. I'm sorry. I'm being real. I don't really like to talk about this, but it's like, bro, you just got it all over me. And I smell like a fence now. Have you went to that person? No, I just will stop then. I don't even want to hear it until you go, because this is the prescribed, this is a prescription. Jesus just told us how to walk through it. Okay, I'm going to walk through fences. Fences. Overlook that one, dodge that one. Not gonna be offended, man. I'm just like, whoo, you know? Walking through the fences. Cool. Duck, 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 get down. Here it comes. Ah, fiery darts, man. They're nothing to me because I'm not gonna be offended. You seriously, you gotta be like this offense ninja, man. You just gotta, because they're gonna come. I'm having way too much fun with this. I need to close it down. Keep no record. 1 Corinthians 
13, Paul writes that love keeps no record of wrong. And sometimes we have a list, y'all. Amen? Four score and 20 years ago. I'm not trying to make light of it, but I'm also trying to like give you a perspective and how, how we can be reconciled quickly. Ephesians 4.26 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So how do I know if I'm, if I've, you're going to experience an offense. You're going to, you have, you will, it's consistent. How will I know though, if I've taken it and I moved to, I'm offended. Three things really quick. Ask yourself, am I offended? Pretty easy. Am I offended? Holy Spirit will talk to you. Just the fact that you're having to ask yourself probably means that you're offended. Second thing is, do you find yourself repeating the story? Do you find yourself processing it again and again and again? I found myself recently doing that. I had to repent. I, you know, I had something happen and I realized, I think I've got through it. And, and then boom, it just something triggered in me. And I just realized, man, I'm processing this thing again. And I'm preaching about offenses. I've got to reconcile this thing. I can't preach what I don't practice. And so I had to go before the Lord and I had to say, God, please forgive me. I, I thought it was good. And then something happened and boom, you know, something triggered in me. And I realized, ah. Oh, offended or do you find yourself gaining allies are you gaining allies probably offended so here's my last point this is what I, I feel like really strongly you need to be to move forward you need to be a grave digger you need to be a grave digger you need to have a well-worn shovel because there's going to be a lot of you know what in your life it's just the nature of this fallen world. Jesus went to the grave so that he, our sins would be forgiven. So I want to have something pretty deep that when I'm encountering this, I'm like, nah, I'm going to be a grave digger today. It's going in there and I'm going to water it with the 490 rivers that are going to flow out of my life at least. I mean, seriously, we gotta, we got to mentally dig a grave to drop the offenses into. Jesus went to the grave to forgive our sin and cover it with forgiveness. Let it flow from you. Let it be something you're willing to do every day. Get better at it. You can get anything that you do, enough times you'll get better at. I'm really good. Here's what you want to be. I'm really good at not being offended because I'm going to want to be like that old elder that touched my life and said I will not be offended does that mean he didn't experience offense absolutely he did you can't live to be old as Noah and not experience some offense but he, he made a decision offense is the event offended is the decision and I'm gonna make a decision today I'm gonna do my best to walk with people relationally, to take care of things quickly, the things that I can't take care of, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna overlook some things. I'm gonna walk into glory, and then I got a big hole out back and a well-worn shovel, and I'm gonna just throw stuff in there, and it ain't coming back again. Ain't, ain't you know, ain't no like you know, Walking Dead stuff gonna happen again. It's basically there, and it's buried. It's under the blood of Jesus. Peter thought he was doing well. If, 
ask Jesus if he should forgive seven times. How about if I do it seven times? And Jesus replied, 70 times seven. There should be rivers of forgiveness that flow out of us. God's forgiveness is flowing to us constantly. Don't be surprised when offenses come your way. But make a decision to not allow that to turn into being offended. As soon as you do that, you've created a captivity. And you're one of the captives. So Father, forgive us. That's what the Lord prayer. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts. We might forgive our debtors. Wow. Forgive me, Lord. And forgive me, God, for being offensive. I mean, some of the things I don't know, some of the things I, I don't recognize, I never intend, if I've offended anybody in our church, please forgive me. I actually wanted to start the service out this morning by like wearing a hat while I'm preaching and, and putting a big uh, you know, tattoo on. And maybe showing up in shorts. Because I just knew somebody would get offended. Because we are easily offended. I told Robbie when I retire from being a lead pastor, I'm going to get a big old tattoo and a man bun. And she got really offended. Let's pray. It probably broke the moment. I want you to bow your heads and your hearts with me just for a moment. First of all, I want to give you just a moment to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Father God, would you just please speak to your people? Speak to all of us. I love the prayer of David. Where he said, search me, O God, know my heart. See if there be wicked thing in me am I holding somebody captive have I moved from the event to the decision and I, I think it's really important this morning just take a moment just ask the Holy Spirit am I offended and if a name comes up if a face comes up if a situation comes up probably you haven't dug a grave if that's you today, God's speaking to you, I want you to just raise your hand. Come on, activation is important. Thank you. God's speaking to you right now about some things just to release. Listen, a lot of times we take the step of faith and, and, and there will be an activation of the Holy Spirit to help you release from the pain, from the shame, from the condemnation, from the things. That, and, and, and Lord, so right now I just pray for people across the room. In this, in this community, in this tribe right now. Help us. Help us to have short lists or no lists. Help us to reconcile quickly. Help us to have the courage to just go to the person and so much of that stuff is so healthy for us, Lord. And secondly, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to this Jesus, we've been singing about Him. We've been preaching about Him. I'm going to go out and say because in the mouth of two or three, uh, two or three gather in His name, He's, He's here, He abides in the praise of the people, that you have even felt the presence of the Holy Spirit today. But you haven't taken the step to activate this relationship with God by saying, please come into my heart. I confess you now as Lord and Savior. I 
have sinned and I need forgiveness. I need a Savior. And if that's you, nobody's looking around right now, but I am. And I want to partner with you. In the mouth of two or three, let everything be established. It's in community. And if today's the day where you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to this Jesus, please raise your hand right where you are, right where you sit. Just raise your hand. Just say, today, thank you. Thank you, young man. Anybody else this morning? You're saying, today's the day. I want to give my life to this Jesus. I'm a, I, I, listen, it's, a, it's, it's one of the most incredible, beautiful things that you can do in your life. Jesus' words in, in the book of Revelation say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears and opens, I will come in. I will come in. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Can we put our hands together and celebrate with new life? Amen.